0: I've titled today's sermon, uh, The Enemy Within, and it's a, it's a very simple message, and uh, there's not a lot of content compared to what Pastor Dean was doing last week, uh, where he had a lot of details and everything, so I'm going to steal a little bit of his, and then uh, so to make today's sermon a little fuller, and um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this in your life, where you wake up in the morning or uh, in the middle of the night, um, you're thinking, you know, what's going on with my life, you know, what, what happened, you know, to me, you know, what like like my life is not what I imagine it to be. Perhaps it's worse um, and perhaps it's better, but most of the time when I have those moments of waking up in the morning and say, what's going on? Or at night where I'm just waking up, couldn't go to sleep and looking at the ceiling and say, what am I doing right now? What's going on with my life? And, and, and it's kind of like a rock bottom type of situation. And this morning we're gonna read uh, Jonah uh, chapter two verse one real quick here together, and, and it's just uh, it's a very interesting verse. It says that then Jonah prayed to the Lord and the, his God from the belly of the fish. And uh, when I read that belly of the fish, you know, it reminds me of rock bottom. You know, like, like this is as as low as you can go. Literally, for Jonah, he was swallowed by a giant fish, and, and he's inside, and, and it's like this great difficult time in his life, like i imagine the stomach of the fish uh smelling pretty bad you know and, and some people actually did a research and say it's possible for uh, you know a person to be swallowed by a whale uh, and, and be in that stomach because they take some time uh, to digest the food and, and and if you ever smell like stomach acid or, or you know like if you ever vomited you would know it's not a pleasant smell and and, and so when i see uh, this this word belly of the fish you know i'm thinking jonah has hit that rock bottom. And he's facing this real hardship in his life. And I know, and you know this, is that, that sometimes as a Christian, we face hardship too. And, and we mentioned that a few weeks ago uh, in Mark 4. You know, Jesus led the disciples into the storm of their life, and they're losing their life, and they're scared. And they're, Jesus was sleeping, and they were like, ah, what are you doing? And where, what, what, how do you not know what's going on? And, and so, so sometimes the storm and the rock bottom and, and that pit that we're in, the difficulties that we're facing or that we're facing right now or in the past, it, it is God leading us through it and for his purpose and for his uh, lesson so that we can be stronger and more mature and more uh, Christ-like. And, and, and that's a, a pretty good one, you know, to be in a situation where it's hard and you know it, it's not because of you, but because of God who has something uh, great uh, planned for you, right? And, and sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's that God is using that hardship. It's not because of, Whatever is happening in your life or someone else's life, it's it's really God is using a unique situation to bring glory uh, to Him. You know, uh, lately I've you know known some families who have kids with special needs, and 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 sometimes you know people wonder. They say, "Why me, God? Why me, God?" And and it reminded me of John chapter nine, where uh, the disciples were asking Jesus about this person who was born blind and say, "Rabbi, you know, teacher, why 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 was this person?" born blind. Was it a sin? Was it his parents' sin? Because, you know, there's an association with sin and, and illness and disease and things like that. And, and Jesus, I love his response. And he said that that it's, no, no, it's not the sin of his father, nor his sin. It's really for the glory of God. And, and sometimes that is why God has placed uh, special circumstances and, and maybe harsh uh, situations in our life uh, to really say that I am going to use this situation to bring glory to my name. And, and one day you you will see it, that, that this, this incident will not be a curse, but be a blessing. It's not because anyone did something wrong, but really God wants to use that to bring people to him, to attract people to him, to see what an amazing guy he is. And, but, but there is always a reality, right? The Bible does tell us that we reap, uh, we sow what we reap, right? And, and so what you've done in your life, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, action consequence kind of thing. And, and, and so a lot of times, I don't want to say a lot of times, but sometimes uh, in our life, the, the rock bottom that we face, the situation, the hardship that we face right now, you might be going through something. It's not because, you know, God is leading us through because we're faithful and God wants us to grow or God has a special purpose in your life because, you know, God's intention is to really bring honor and glory, but really because we have made some bad choices. And and that's the hard one because, uh, you know, we like to think that, you know, things happen, you know, not, you know, because whatever it is, like we don't really think about ourselves and our sins, our selfishness. But the reality when we read Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, and it talks about how Jonah is in the belly of the fish, he has no one else to blame but himself. And sometimes we feel like we read that situation. We say, you know, our mistakes and our bad decisions, you know, only impacts us. And we know that's not true either. You know, that's an aside. But you look at Jonah 1, you know, because of Jonah's dis- uh, disobedience, because of Jonah not willing to follow uh, God's commandment and, and God's desire almost, uh, he'd make the opposite of what God wanted him to do, right? And not only did he impact himself, he risked the lives of other people on the ship that he was on and, and, and even the lives. Of Ninevites, and and so so sometimes we have to kind of sit down and reflect in our lives, in our life situation, and say, why am I in this situation, this difficult place? Uh, is it because I'm a faithful person, and God is leading me through so that I can grow and be more Christ-like? Or is it because God is using this unique situation to bring glory to him? And, and so I ha- just have to be patient and allow God to, you know, really honor himself and allow me to see uh, why this has happened. Or sometimes this is our study this morning, you know, that, that we are the reason that we are in this pit, this, this rock bottom, and, you know, this this situation that we can't get out. And and so we have to ask this question then, you know, how did Jonah get to rock bottom? You know, how did he get to the the belly of the fish? And uh, some people call Jonah the prodigal prophet because he ran away from God, not wanting to do what God wanted him to do, and he ran away. And, and, and of course, Jonah 1 didn't give us specific details about why he didn't do what God wanted him to do. I think uh, 3 and 4 gives us a little bit of insights onto that. Um, But I want to use a story, uh, kind of parallels to Jonah's story. And it's a story of the prodigal son, you know, and this is in the New Testament in Luke. It says that man has two sons and, uh, you know, one of them, the younger one, uh, went to the father and said, "Give me what I deserve, and then uh, so I can go away." So he went away, you know, to to really live this life lavishly. He didn't want to listen to the father. He didn't want to follow the rules of the father. He just wanted to enjoy himself. You know, he wanted to uh, do what's right. You know, indulge his every desire, and he spent all this money, right? Like, I mean, if you ever spend money on entertainment, you know that money goes down the drain really fast, right? And then so, so this is what happened. He had all these. Uh, cash and 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 whatever treasure that he had and and gold and silver and he went away party everything away and then he had nothing like like literally nothing because his friends left him when when there's no more money no more free drinks no more free food no more free entertainment and they left him and and he had to go fend for himself and he he couldn't find anything and so he had to find the most disgraceful job for a jew which is to tend pigs And that's not the worst of it, you know, like he was tending pigs and he saw the the fruit that the pigs were eating and he was like, man, I want some of that. And if I can describe rock bottom, I think that's a situation. And then I think that parallels with Jonah in the belly of the fish, you know, just really that's the, the lows of low. But how did we get there, you know, sometimes we're like that, right? So, so how did they get there and how did we get there? And, and I think the Bible gives us to some extent uh, the understanding of how Jonah and the prodigal son and even ourselves uh, to how we got to the place we're at today, if you're at the rock bottom place. And, and here are a few reasons, right? First, it's just that we do what we think is good. You know, sometimes we're at rock bottom because we make decisions based on what we think is good. And, uh, you know, I I have so many stories to tell you Um, how many times I think I'm being smart and making the best decision and turn out to be not a good decision. Like, you know, investment, you know, like uh, I I remember last March and uh, I was, uh, you know, I have a little bit investment in the market and I see the coronavirus and I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing. And so I did my analysis and look at the different papers and everything. And I say, I'm going to make a good decision, right? I'm going to make a, a good, knowledgeable, uh, you know, educated uh, decision, which is to like sell everything I have kind of thing. And, then, and, you know, if you follow the market uh, you're, a year later, like if I had held on to that, I'd double my money kind of thing. And, and sometimes that's what happened. Like we, we do what we think is good, but sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. You know, and, and for, for the, the prodigal son where you, even for Jonah, they, they were looking at their life and their situation and say, I'm going to make the best decision for my life right now. What I think is good uh, for the younger son was to go away and spend all this money on partying. But Jonah is like, I'm going to do like what whatever God wants me to do. I don't like it for personal reason, for theological reason, for whatever reason. He's like, I don't want to do it because I just don't think that the, the people of Nineveh, uh, they deserve this this gospel or this good news or this news of repentance, right, this warning of destruction. So he he, he was saying that I'm analyzing my situation and I'm going to make the best decision according to my uh, understanding of the situation. And sometimes that's what gets us in trouble. And sometimes it is because we do what we feel is good. You know, we we go by how we feel. We're making decisions based on the feelings that we have. And it's a dangerous thing sometimes. I, I love when people say, you know, when you love God, you have to feel it. And I think that's partially true. But our feelings can change in an instant. You know, like I, 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 I for myself, like when I am mad at something or someone, um, my feelings towards that person or that thing changes right away. And, and, and But the truth is sometimes our feelings, they deceive us. You know, what feels good really doesn't really mean it's good for us. You know, like I always use this example is that when we eat fast food and snacks, I mean, it feels great to eat them, right? And I mean, it's really awesome, tastes great. I mean, I just had some snacks uh, yesterday, like Pringles, I'm not supposed to. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to cut down my snacks, but it just feels so good and feels so right. And it tastes so good, right? And, And so we made those decisions and that ended up costing us our health, our, our, our love life, or whatever it is. Like That decision might feel good in the first time you do it, and then maybe a few times you do it, or all the time that you do it. But eventually, the consequences of those feel-good situations will bring us to this, this rock bottom that, that we might be going through right now. And sometimes we're in rock bottom because we do what others want us to do. You know, people would say like, "Hey, this is what everyone else does. This is what you're supposed to do," and we follow the crowd. You know, we follow what people said. And sometimes I feel like in, in our church uh, today, we have a lot of that too. We we listen to so many different voices and uh, different pastors and different uh, you know sayings. And, and I see like you know, this past few years, we have all these supposedly Christian leaders just coming out and saying all these things. And and uh, I mean, it, it's so interesting that we start to listen to the people and. And we stop listening to God, and, and, and so so that's like the the, the fourth and a uh, sec- third and fourth one is this is that uh, sometimes we do what other people want us to do, and that's why we get to rock bottom. And sometimes it's because we don't do what God wants us to do. We're not listening to him. We're not not hearing him. And, and, and when we read the Bible, we read partially. We, we read the things that we want to read. And then we say that this is what God wants. This is what God wants. But we forget that that God is just and loving. You know, we will forget that. And, and so sometimes we're at a, at a difficult place in our lives because we pick and choose what we want to hear from God and what we want to do from God. And I think lastly, I think the biggest reason that we hit rock bottom is that we don't really have a relationship with God. And the reason why I say this is that if we go back to Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, is that, that then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. And, and I want to highlight the word prayed. And you will not see that word in the first chapter. With so much going on, when God told Jonah, this is what you're supposed to do, and Jonah heard, and but he went away, the first time we really hear or see or read something about people praying, it was Uh, Those crew members on a ship and they're praying to different gods, but not Jonah. Jonah was sleeping, you know, even like when he found out, like when they were found, like they asked him what's going on and he still didn't pray. It wasn't until like three days in the belly of the fish, you know, the rock bottom, he decided that he should turn around and pray. And and that's the reality is that sometimes we don't care to have a relationship with God. We don't want to talk to him because sometimes we're afraid of what he might say in our prayers. We don't want to hear because sometimes God might ask you to do the things that you don't want to do. And, and we don't want that relationship. We don't want him to tell us what to do. Uh, we know he's the loving father. We know he's the wise father, but we decided that, no, no, I don't want that relationship because I am much better off doing the things my way, the way I like it, the way I think it's good. And so we're really rejecting that relationship with God. And when we reject that relationship with God, That means our life is going to take a turn for worse. We see that in the prodigal son, right? I mean, like he went away. He didn't want a relationship with the father. He, in a way, cursed the father to death kind of thing. And then he went away, did his own thing. And then he finally realized that the father was good and loving. And then he came to his senses and he's like, man, I should go back and be a servant. But the loving father just embraced him and gave him a chance to be a son that he didn't deserve to be. And with Jonah, we're going to see that too. You know, he was running away from God. He didn't want anything to do with God. And, and, and so a giant fish had to swallow him up. He had to hit that rock bottom to realize who God is and why he needs God. And I love the saying from a pastor I heard from a message. He said that, that you know, when we hit rock bottom, that's when we find the rock in the bottom. And I, I think we all know that rock is Jesus Christ. And so how are you doing this morning? You know, how are you in terms of your faith? How are you doing in terms of your walk with God? Are you close to Him? Do you really have a relationship with Him? Because let me warn you and warn myself, and and this has happened to me so many times, is that when we don't really have a relationship with God, when we're not listening to Him, when we're not allowing Him to be that Lord that we promised Him to be, that we prayed in our prayers that He is Lord, He is God, our relationship in our life might take a turn for the worse, And I think that's the reality that we do face. Um, You know, and I remember uh, in my own ministry, uh, that's, you know, whenever I turn away and start doing things my way, uh, I face hardship, you know, I I face disrepair. And and I just, uh, I'm always you know, frustrated and angry at something. And, and and so there's a lot of issues that we have to go through and, and asking ourselves, are we right with God? You know, and, and when I ask you to pray and really just think about your relationship with God, I'm not talking about, again, that, that three times a day prayer that you do. You know, I love the story and I share many times is that one time I asked one of our young adults to uh, join me on a mission trip and and uh, he told me that he would pray about it because I, I really prayed and I said this is the guy that I want to 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 join this mission trip for whatever reason that was the 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 prompting you know from my prayer and then so I went and asked him and he's like I'll pray about it and, and I knew you know that's the common language of rejection you know in a lot of churches when we when when we ask people to do something they say I'll pray about it and, and I remember I just I was prompted to ask him you know like. Really pray, pray, pray about it. Don't just pray, pray, pray about it. He was like, what do I you mean? He like, really listen to God, really listen to what He wants, and not what you think you want and what you think He wants, but really pray and listen. And I always remember that response. is like, then I don't want to pray because if I do pray, then I know what he's going to say. And I think that's why for me, when I read this, this Jonah at the pit, at the bottom of this, this live and this rock bottom, he is praying now because he didn't have anyone else to turn to, like, there's nowhere to go, but to look up to God. And, and sometimes that's why rock bottoms are happenings in our lives. And, and so I just want to ask you, if you're going through that today, just say that, that, that turn back confess and say god I i need you i'm sorry for what i've made it to be help me to see the light and help me to change my ways and help me to have a relationship with you again and, and so, you know, that's that's kind of like the first verse, and I really enjoy that. And and we're going to go into a long prayer of Jonah, and uh, it's, it's a really interesting prayer. Uh, in verse uh, 2, it says, that I call out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me out of the belly of Shual. I cried, and you heard my voice. And, and here's the thing, when we hit rock bottom, you will really find God at that place with you, like you're not alone in that rock bottom place. Mm -hmm. And and you really pray just because like Jonah is like, like I am out of the stress and I'm I'm like rock bottom in the the belly of Shoah And I'm like belly of the fish. I cried out. And then it says that, that you heard my voice. And, and this is the, the assurance again that God is giving us through the prayer of Jonah is that if we at this place, wherever you might be, you know, as long as you're willing to reach out to God, God will listen to you. Like the prodigal son, you know, like he came to his senses and he, he went back. He's like, I, I want a relationship now. I God, how do I fix this? And it's never too late. You know, I think Jonah is the story that tells us that it's never too late to turn back from God. And, and, and so so sometimes I have this, when I was reading this, I say, you know, how far we fall really depends on how quickly we come to our senses. You know, some people, a tiny you know, like, uh, you know, mistake in, in a tiny situation that that's difficult. They turn back to God. They realize that, oh, I'm sensitive to my sins and my need. Uh, so I'm going to turn around and pray to God. And sometimes we really have to hit a rock, rock bottom, like as, as far as you go kind of thing. And I, I pray to you and I is that, that we will smarten up and we'll do uh, the sensible thing. It's like really always evaluate our lives and say, how are we doing with God? In and, and, and verse 3, this is what it says says that, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and all your waves and all your bellows passed over me. And Jonah here, again, he's describing this overwhelming situation that, that he's facing in his life. He is literally swallowed up by the sea, and he's in a deep dark place and and that's the rock bottom place isn't it like it's always a, a very lonely and dark place that we are in and sometimes this is a reality though we, you might not have a big fish swallowing you up right now but inside of you you know that you're at a place that's dark that's deep and that's that's overwhelming and, and you are like i don't know how to go on this is i i have no one to turn to everything just doesn't look right and i i, I what do i do And Jonah's, again, describing that. But again, Jonah, verse 4, I think this is such a a real struggle with Jonah and his prayer. such a real prayer. He says, then I said, I'm driven away from your sight, yet... I shall again look upon your holy temple. And what Jonah really is saying is this, that, that he recognized the strong relationship that he has with God. And he says that, that, that I, I need to do something, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my eyes away from myself, away from whatever people are telling me to do, whatever I think is good, feel is good, and, and I'm going to turn it and focus on you again, God. Because I know why I'm here now, because it is because you have cast me here, because I am driven away from your side. Cause I I, I have no relationship with you. And, and so that's that's the this kind of turning point again, like like Jonah is going back and forth. He's saying, I, I know it's because of all the things I've done and I'm in this past situation, and I want to turn back. I want to have a better relationship. Again, and then Jonah goes in again, and above verse uh, five, it says, This is that the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me, the weeds were wrapped above my head. And so he again, he's describing this, this, this further description of despair. Like he's like, oh man, like, like I can imagine literally like like weeds, like seaweeds, and like you know, ocean things and surrounding his head and wrapping he's in the stomach of the fish, again dirty, smelly, whatever it is, and, and it's dark, you know, and, and so the water is outside, you know, he got swallowed by the fish. And it's just not a good place to be. And I feel interesting. So I'm going to read six and seven together. It says, at the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up. uh, you, You brought up my life from the pit. And it goes on and says, oh, Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. And I almost feel like Jonah is describing a different type of situation here. It's almost like he is remembering something that has happened in the past, you know, And because, you know, he went from the ocean to to land, you know, like there seems to be a jump. And uh, so I I just feel like there's such an interesting thing because, again, Jonah is saying that at the roots of the mountain, I I went down to the land whose bars close upon for me. And yet you brought up my life from the pit. And, And so so. I think this might not be the first time Jonah has gone through this type of despair. And this this is true for you and I, isn't it? It's like sometimes uh, my own journey of faith, you know, every now and then I will go through this type of wandering away from God. You know, I, I'll go into places I know I'm not supposed to go, do, do things I know I'm not supposed to do, make decisions that I know I uh, shouldn't do. And, and so this is the reality of what we are supposed to do um, in, in our life. And, and sometimes this is really helping us to say, how do I, um, remind myself of what happened in the past? And so that God can really navigate and help us to, to rescue us from that situation. And, and so that, that, that we will, uh, you know, have that good relationship with him again. And, and so, so here's the interesting thing though. Sometimes we, we forget about the rock bottoms that we have and it takes another uh, rock bottom situation to remind us of going back to God. And, and I, I just, I look at this and I say, Julian, like, so much like me, maybe so much like you, where you make uh, bad decisions, repent it, and then you come back to God and you make that, bad decisions again because you forget about the lesson that you learned. And, and sometimes that's that's us, you know, like we're, we're our biggest enemy when it comes to pursuing God, right? And when it comes to loving God and loving people, because we are the one who are forgetful. We're unforgiving, unloving, and self-righteous and all these things. Like we are the reason that we're just, you know, in a bad situation and a lot of times. And I just, again, I look at the situation. I say, how do we just be careful and just having that relationship with God and knowing how do we keep connect so that we don't hit the rock bottom again? And uh, verse uh, A, it says this, that those who pay regards to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. And, and, of course, we don't worship any idols. I think Jonah here, again, is reminding us that if you chase anything besides God, you're going to find yourself at rock bottom. And and so for me, it might be prestige, it might be money, it might be fame, it might be retirement, it might be comfort, it might be being right all the time, it might be my family, and then it might be my opinions, or whatever it is. There are things that we chase after that might not be a literal idol, you know, the things that we create by our hands and worship, but really it may be something that's invisible, that's inside of us. And, And Jonah is warning us that if we have these idols in our life, we will lose the hope of God's steadfast love in us, that we will lose what God has called us out to do, to love the people, to to love our enemies. And, and, and so sometimes I feel like, again, our our, our faith today, like we, we question, you know, and, and not just us. You know, I remember Peter asked this question to, uh, to Jesus uh, that, that, you know, how many times do I forgive a brother who has wronged me? And we all know the answer seventy-seven times, and, and and so again we're we're reminded constantly that that sometimes we are so flawed, and we have so many things that, that that causes us not to want to follow Jesus, you know, not to listen to what God wants us to do, whether it's to to read the Bible, to share the gospel, to really follow Jesus with all our heart and loving Him and everything. But we we have that we create uh, idols of things in our lives. It might be my own person, you know, like that I want myself to be the boss of my my life. And that's 902. And I just, I feel like we really need to recognize that. And verse nine says, this, but with the voice of thanksgiving, will will st- sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And I think this is the climax of the prayer. You know, Jonah finally came to the senses after three days in this, this Belly of the fish, you know. He prayed. He, he has turned around his life and saying that I am going to pray with thanksgiving. I'm going to sacrifice to you. I'm going to honor the vows I've made for you. And, and he's saying that that God, I, I remember now. I remember, okay, how gracious you are to me and how I wanted to respond to your love and how I I was the sinner and I was not I'm not fit and then yet you used me and I'm a problem. You know what I mean? Like that we all have that recognition, right? Well, that's why we have Jesus. Like if you're not sinful, like if you weren't sinful, you didn't need Jesus. If you're perfect, you're good. Uh, you didn't need Jesus because Jesus always said that that He came to save the lost and the broken and the sinful, you know, and the sick kind of thing. And, and sometimes we as Christians we forget about that. We we just we went on and just we feel like we're actually good people. When the reality is that we're only good because Christ has made us good, and, and sometimes we forget about that, and we we start to make decisions that. Uh, it's based on ourselves, based on what we think is right. And Jonah again came to a senses. You know, he's like with the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice, I have vowed, that I will pay. You know, and and and, and so so and lastly he says this salvation belongs to the Lord. And there's a recognition, you know, it's like no one can save me. Only God can. And, and again um, when I in my uh when I'm in my pits, you know, in my bottoms, I, I tend to Uh, take some time for me to uh, stop trying to get out of it and start to recognize that God is the only one uh, to to take me out of that you know and and so I love verse 10 this is what it says it says this that and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land and I, I like that verse because it's it's just, it's amazing, right? As soon as Jonah finished that prayer and says that salvation is in the Lord, you know, God just talks to this giant fish and it's like, hey, time to spit him out, you know. And, and I love that that's an assurance for you and I. It's a anytime we're willing to come back to God, to get on the right way, to get on the right relationship with God again, he is going to provide a way for us to be out of that pit, you know. And, and, and for me, when I read that, I, I'm thankful, you know, um, that, that whenever I confess and repent, God will forgive me. I mean, that's the faithfulness of God. And perhaps today, God is calling you to do something, you know, for a while now. Maybe it is to embrace someone that you don't want to embrace. Maybe it is to serve someone that you want to serve. Maybe it's to forgive someone that you don't want to forgive. Maybe it's to love someone uh, that you don't want to love. And, and it's so easy to find those people today, isn't it? Like within the church setting, they're just people uh, who we used to like, but because of what happened the past few years, um, now we feel like now they're just not my friends anymore. They're not my brother, not my sister and I, I, I am drawing that line, you know. And, and, but perhaps that's this is the lesson for you and I this morning is that that we need to confess and repent because God's desire, you know, is to save and to have that, that that loving relationship between brothers and sisters, right? I mean, if God is willing to save the Ninevites, and we know, and you're going to find out, they're not good people. I mean, Jonah had all the great reason to not love the Ninevites, to not share this news of repentance to them. He had great reasons, but none of them were God's reason, right? God loved the people. And I, I, you can read about it later on. It's like God cares for all the little ones. And he, and he had this great appeal to Jonah talking about how, you know, like like little kids, you know, like like you care for a tree, you care for all these things. But, you know, what about the kids? You know, why wouldn't you care for that? And God cares for that. And I, I think, again, this is a reminder for, for us, especially in such a divisive time. Um, how do we love one another? How do we love the church body? Uh, and before we even look outside sometimes. Because Um, You know, John 13, it says this, that by our love for one another, people will recognize that we belong to him, that we're disciples of Jesus. And and sometimes I'm afraid that even within the church, you know, we don't have love for one another, let alone having love for the people outside. And when people come in, they don't see God. They see the society. There's no difference. You know, there's division. There's no forgiveness. There's strong opinions and there's self-righteousness, you know. In fact, it might be even worse than the society, And so let us repent together and and just confess our sins and say, God, we have made it about other people, about ourselves, about our thinking, about our feelings, but not about you. Because I think the teaching of the Bible has been clear and is clear today still is to love one another and to love people as we love ourselves and to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of others. You know, whether it's brothers and sisters or those who don't know Jesus, and even they might be our enemies. Jesus said that we're to love them because otherwise, what is the credit for loving those who are like us? Because that's easy. That's what everyone else does. And so so it's time for me to kind of remind myself and maybe for you as well to say, maybe I need to smarten up. Maybe you're not at a rock bottom place right now. Maybe you're still doing well. But remember that, that eventually, if you continue to run away from God, God will bring a giant fish and swallow you up. Not literally, I hope not. You know what I mean, that that sometimes God's going to bring something, that rock bottom situation to you to force you to be humble, to know that you and I need to turn back to him, to do what he wants us to do. And I'll end with a story from my own. Uh, it, it's that you know, a lot of times uh, this verse says that, that God vomited him out, right? And and, and I imagine that vomits, like puke smells bad, right? So I imagine Jonah smelled bad and his clothing smelled bad and everything just gross and disgusting. And, uh, and, and sometimes the stench, you know, the, the, the stinkiness of our past mistake help us to stay humble and rooted in Christ. You know, I think about it, you know, Uh, my, my past uh, experience, you know, like um, I I remember there were a lot of times where I'll make self righteous comments about other people's situation. Uh, People come to me and they say, Hey, I did this, you know, I've sinned this way. And I'll be like, man, how can you sin this way? You know, why would you do that? That's just bad. Like, don't you have self-control? Don't you love Jesus? Don't you whatever it is. I have all these things. Right. And, 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 And every time it's, it's almost a guarantee that that soon after that, right. I will fall into the same situation or same temptation uh, and and I will do worse than the person that I was critical of or that I was judging, right? And, and, And so I will fall further than them. And then, finally, that forced me to realize that I am no good, that I am just as bad as everyone else, and I'm simple and I'm broken. And every now and then, when I start to feel good about myself, the stench of my past mistakes, the sins of my past, the mistakes of my past, will come back, not in a negative way, in a sense of, like, I feel all these guilt. Sometimes I do, because guilt can't be good. But really, just, just coming back and reminding myself, saying that, hey, watch out, you know, like... The last time you were self-righteous, that you think you're right and that you didn't follow Jesus' way, you didn't listen to God, you got in trouble. And, and, and that stench, that, that that stench of the past mistakes really helped me to stay humble and, and to stay right with God. And I, I just pray that this morning's message will be an encouragement to you or uh, maybe a reminder to you, uh, depending on what your situation is. You might feel bad about what you're doing already. And, and the encouragement is this, is that turn back to God. And, and, and that he is faithful. He will forgive you. He will embrace you as long as you're willing to turn back. And, and for those of you uh, or those of us who, uh, who might need a warning and saying that, hey, watch out. How's your life? You know, how's your relationship with God? And uh, maybe this is a warning before we go even further away from God. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray for your wisdom this morning. Father, we we don't know the situation uh, in everyone's life, but you do. And you know what is the lesson for them this morning, whether it's to repent, whether it's to acknowledge, whether it's to prevent. Uh, May we just come together and sing that, God, we want to love the way you want us to love. You know, love those who are different than us. Love those uh, who might... Uh, be our enemies, you know, those who might cause hardship and difficulty, who might did something bad to us, but you want us to love them. It's so hard, and we have so many good reasons not to do it, but we only have one good reason to do it, and that's because you wanted us to, and you want the world to know your love. And, and you've done that already, that while we were still enemies of you, you you give us your son, you know, you give us hope, you give us a way out. So I pray that we will be humble enough together as a church uh, to say that, God, we want to repent, we want to change our ways, we want to start recognizing, um, you know, that we need to forgive one another, to embrace one another, to love one another, and take away the divisions that we might have in, in our midst, take away the hatred that we might have towards one another, because sometimes, you know, we we are self-righteous, we think we're right, we think we're smart, we think we know what's going on, but but we're so far away from you, God, because we, we we have not heard your will. We have not feel the compassion that you have for the broken, for the lost, for the sinful. And, and just, I pray this morning that, that we will deal with the enemy that's within us, that, that that's old self that we all have and surrender our lives to you again and just help us so that we don't have to hit bottom sometimes to, to just recognize that, that we need to turn back. And we thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.